Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. This is The Frittle Show. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church on Rainbow and Lake Mead Boulevard. If you would like to join us for services on Sunday, we'd love to have you. 9.30 or 11.15. Come out, bring your family, your friends, your children, everybody. Come join us. So I was going to jump right in here. We've got a full show today. Uh, Captain Richard Fletcher from the Northwest Metropolitan Police Department will be here in just a few minutes and a lot I want to get to before that. So we're going to go uh, possibly quickly. I don't know. We'll see how much I can fit in here. I wanted to get to uh, all the down ballot questions for us here in Nevada because early voting has started here, obviously, this past weekend. If you have not voted yet, you should do that. Get it done early. Uh, We're setting records here in Nevada for early voting right now, and I'll get to that in just a minute. I was going to start the show with that, but then I saw this headline. Mm. This is going around. There's There's new WikiLeaks emails that Assange, Julian Assange, is getting ready to release, and these ones apparently bring up the old Obama complaint that Pennsylvanians cling to their guns, their Bibles. But this one takes it a little bit farther. It talks about Pennsylvania and Ohio. Talks about how anyone that supports Donald Trump in Pennsylvania or Ohio is white trash. That they are, quote, the same as the Jews, and we can peel them away. They're blue-collar, poor white trash, and similar to, quote, the Jews supporters, and we can peel them away. They'll believe anything. We beat Romney by reminding them that he was rich. They'll believe anything. They're poor white trash, similar to the Jews. Like, this is what Hillary Clinton's people are talking about. I don't know how, I don't know how people vote for someone who calls them... White trash similar to the Jews. Like, you want to talk about racism? Let's... I need to not go there. Being a Pennsylvanian, perhaps I take this more personally than some of you might, but this is just ridiculous. I'm not... I've mentioned before that the whole WikiLeaks thing... I'm not necessarily a fan. I don't think it's a good thing for someone to be exposing our government secrets all over the place. But, you know what, when this stuff comes out and we just ignore it, that doesn't work for me either. Like, this is ridiculous. But now I'm going to move on. Because I do want to get to these Nevada ballot questions and down-ballot candidates. Because more likely than not, you're going to walk into the voting booth if you don't take time to research. And then you're going to see all these people that you didn't know were on the ballot. Because it's somebody not named Donald Trump and somebody not named Hillary Clinton. And then you're going to get to ballot questions. You're going to be like, I don't have time to read this. I don't know what this means. What do I do? What do I pick? So uh, no worries. I am here to help. This will only help you if you're a Nevadan, by the way, because the rest of you that aren't in Nevada, uh, 
well, these options, except for, you know, Trump and Hillary, are not going to be on your ballot. So let's uh, let's dive right in. I'm going to go through the ballot first with who's on it. Now, this obviously you get you should have received by now if you are registered to vote in Clark County, they will send you an official sample ballot. It's full of information. It explains the ballot questions. It's actually a very, very good resource. I would encourage you to use it, study it. Uh, Now, I will have candidates on my ballot that you may or may not have on yours, depending on what district uh, you live in for assembly, uh, for Senate, for uh, the Supreme Court, the district courts, and things like that. So I'm going to go through who's on mine and explain to you how I was able to find out who these people were um, in order to make decisions. And then uh, if you need help, if you're like, hey, uh, I, I don't know between, here's the two people that are running for district court in my district, and I don't know how to find out any information about them i will be happy i will personally help you find out information about those candidates if you are not able to find that yourself if you send me uh, who it is that is running i'd be happy to help you find that information not joking i will help you figure that out you can contact me, radio at experienceliberty.com, or call 702-647-4522. We're not here to tell you who to vote for, but I will help you find information, because I know it can be hard to find information specifically on down-ballot candidates. Uh, they don't always have websites. They Even sometimes if they have websites, it's hard to tell what they actually stand for and if their views line up with yours, uh, particularly when it comes to judges and justices, because they're not running as Republicans or Democrats. They're not running on a party platform, and it's hard to know where they might stand on issues that are important to you so i get that i'm here to help let me know how i can help you if you need that but uh, i'm just going to run down my ballot and explain to you some of how i was able to figure these things out uh, not who i voted for because i already voted or uh, or why i voted for them just how i was able to determine uh, different things about each of the candidates and then we'll go over the ballot questions now the ballot questions are relevant to every nevadan all right so if you are in nevada Every question I'm going to review is going to be on your ballot. They are statewide ballot questions. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, there is one that is uh, specifically for Clark County. So that would just be uh, here, Las Vegas area in general. But there are four that are statewide, one Clark County. So we'll get to those. All right. So uh, starting at the top, obviously, we have the president and vice president option. Oh, this is what I found interesting. This was my first general election voting in Nevada. And we have no write-in options here. I was surprised by that. Like, you don't get a chance to write in someone. If you don't like the options on your ballot, though, you can choose none of these candidates. Which, coming from having voted, the last time I voted in a general election was in Pennsylvania, we don't have an option for none of these candidates, but you can write someone in if you want to write someone in. So I never knew that. So uh, if you were planning to go in and write someone in, uh, sorry to break the news to you, but you cannot write in an option. It's not possible. So, uh, President, Vice President, this is how it's going to show up on your ballot. Uh, Daryl Castle will be first, followed by Hillary Clinton. Then uh, Rocky St- Michael, I don't I don't know this guy. He has, like, Rocky De La Fuente is running. I don't know. I have any idea. I'm assuming as some sort of nonpartisan option for president. Never heard of him. Then uh, Gary Johnson, then Donald Trump, and then none of these candidates. That's how they will show up on your, as uh, for president in your first option. Then it drops down. You vote for Senate. This is going to be the same uh, across the state. 
Catherine Cortez Mesto will be the top option, followed by Tony Gumina, Joe Heck, Tom Jones, Tom Sawyer, William Gerard, or Gerard Williams, rather, or none of these candidates. Uh, so again, there's no, there's no, not again, but there's not, these are, don't, aren't presented in order of party or anything else. I believe it's a, a lottery determines how they are listed on the ballot and it will be listed as last name first, followed by the first name. Then representative in Congress, I am in district four. So for me, my options are Steve Brown, Crescent Hardy. He's currently the congressman, Ruben Cohen, and Mike Little. Then you would have your state Senate district followed by your state assembly district. Those, uh, you should be able to find information about your candidates if they're, if they're state assembly or state senate. Uh, those options would be, uh, they're, they're both going to have websites. So if you're looking for information about your state senate candidate or your state assembly district, look for their websites. They should have a pretty significant amount of information there, including the different issues and where they stand on those issues. Uh, for me, there was only one option in my state senate district. He was not someone that I could support. There was not an alternative option to him. Uh, so I very simply did not vote in my state Senate race. There is that option. You cannot write someone in, but you can choose not to vote for uh, a, a candidate for a specific office if you would like to do that. So I did not place a vote there because I did not want to vote uh, for that individual and there was no alternative to him. Uh, then after your state Senate and state assembly will come your county commissioner. All right, so your county commissioner race, uh, again, these people were ones that they should have a website. They probably have some information on there. This is where it starts getting into uh, where you, you may not be able to figure out where they would stand on issues that are important to you because they may or may not list all that information on their website because these are more, uh, or at least they're supposed to be, um, uh well, county commissioner, yeah, they should have that on their website, but they may or may not. However, what I did, uh, particularly during the primary, was often they might have a phone number listed on their website or an email address, and because they're not, you know, a, uh, a senator or a congressman, it's more likely that they may respond to you. So that was what I did early on. Is you can actually reach out to these individuals directly if you have you. You need to be prepared, though. Say, these are my three questions. Where do you stand on this, this, and this? And then you can review that with them. Now, then comes your candidates for nonpartisan offices. So these are the people that when you go to their websites, if they even have a website, it's going to be hard to figure out where they might stand on issues such as life and marriage and things that would be important to you. Um, they're not probably going to list them on their website. So how do you do that? How do you figure out when someone's running for a justice or a court of appeals judge or a district court judge, or a board of ed, for the board of education, how do you find out about them? Because their websites are probably not going to tell you where they stand on those issues, because they're supposed to be a nonpartisan office. This is how you do it. This is how I do it. Are you ready? Look at their endorsements, especially judges and justices. Okay, they most likely have a page full of endorsements on their website. And you can usually tell pretty easily which one is going to be more aligned with your values based on who endorses them. Okay, you can look and you could say, oh, this is my this is my congressman and he has endorsed this person and I like what my congressman stands for. And so this justice probably is close to what my representative is or or your city councilman may have endorsed someone. You say, oh, OK, well, that's my city councilman. I align with his values. He has endorsed this person. 
Often they will even list uh, different organizations or unions. You know, if someone is is backed, endorsed by Planned Parenthood, you know, that kind of might give you a clue as to where they stand on the life issue. So that is how I determine on judges and justices. I often will go and I'll look at their endorsements or you can find, you know, the, the review journal has a lot of great articles. Uh, sometimes they talk about issues that are important to them. Sometimes they don't. You can also look at if they are an incumbent, at least, uh, how they have ruled in past cases. But for me, the simplest, fastest, easiest way to do this is just look at their endorsements. That, to me, is is just a simple way to do it. Uh, the Board of Education in, in my district, I had two people running for my board of education, they both had websites, and uh, the one was very vague, couldn't really figure out anything that he stood for, just, you know, hey, my parents were teachers, I'm a teacher, I know all about teaching. Well, that's great, but tell me what you actually think, and if you're going to let uh, boys' and girls' bathrooms and things like that that are important to me, I open the other website right there, right off the bat, list issue after issue after issue, this is how I feel about this, 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 and I said, okay, good, thank you. So that's um, just websites, Google Google helps you find these things out. All right, now, ballot questions. State question number one. You've probably seen this all over the local news because, not the local news, your commercials, because every commercial is political. So you've probably seen a lot of question one. And then you have you have attorneys, and you have police officers, and you have lawyers, and you have the NRA, and you have everybody and their brother and their sister and their cousin and their uncle telling you, this is what question one means. No, it's not. This is what question one means. No, it's not. They're lying. This is what question one means. Uh-uh. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay, let me tell you what question one actually means, all right? I researched it. I asked I have some friends in this in the police department. I talked to them and they said, "Yes. Question 1 will in fact make you a criminal if you gift someone a gun, if you let someone borrow a gun, then there is potential that you could be arrested if this measure were to pass." That is true. All right? So question 1 is an amendment to Title 15. It says, Shall Chapter 202 of the Nevada Revised Statutes be amended to prohibit, except in certain circumstances, a person from selling or transferring a firearm to another person unless a federally licensed dealer first conducts a federal background check on the potential buyer or transferee? Okay, let me translate for you. You are dad. You decide your son has turned 16, so you're going to buy him a gun, and you're going to teach him how to use that gun. And so you go to the store, you buy him a gun, you pass a background check, you give your son gun for Christmas. You are now potentially a criminal under question one, if question one were to pass. Say your your neighbor is an old woman who becomes a widow. Her husband had a gun collection. She doesn't want it. She doesn't know what to do with it. She's just going to give it away, and you say, well, I'll I'll buy some of those guns off of you my old neighbor, my old widowed neighbor. So you help your neighbor out, buy those guns from her. You are now a criminal, so is she, because she sold you guns without a background check. Now, everyone is pushing this, well, you buy a gun online and there's no background check, and so this is the, this is the online loophole. No. It is true you can buy a gun online without going through a background check, but what is false is that they are not that that site that you bought the gun from is not going to simply mail you the gun. That's not how it works. They are going to send the gun to an authorized dealer near your home where you will have to go to pick up the gun. And when you go in to pick up the gun, you're going to have to go through a background check. The most problems that we have with firearms is guns that are stolen 
because people do not secure them properly. All right, so that is question one. And yes, if it passes, it can make you a criminal very quickly if you're not incredibly careful. So now you know. Question two. Uh, It's pretty simple. Shall the Nevada Revised Statutes be amended to allow a person 21 years or older to purchase, cultivate, possess, or consume a certain amount of marijuana or concentrated marijuana, as well as manufacture, possess, use, transport, purchase, distribute, or sell marijuana paraphernalia? Uh, So, basically, do you want your 21-year-old neighbor growing, selling, dispensing marijuana from his backyard? If the answer is yes, then you would want to vote yes. If the answer is no, then you would vote no. It's a simple marijuana. Do you want marijuana legalized for anyone over 21 years of age, regardless of medical need or anything else like that? Just anybody to be able to purchase, sell, possess, use, transport, etc., etc. All right, question three. Uh, This one you've probably seen people the past few months going around trying to get you to sign ballot petitions to get this question on the ballot. Uh, This one deals with eliminating uh, uh, the uh, monopoly on our electric service here in uh, Nevada. Shall Article 1 of the Nevada Constitution be amended to require the legislature to provide by law for the establishment of an open competitive retail electric energy market that prohibits the granting of monopolies and exclusive franchises for the generation of electricity? So uh, basically what that's saying is, look, uh, there's an electric monopoly. Would you like to break up the monopoly? That's this, the this very simple very, very simple, and if I had more time, I would get into the, the pros and cons of this. Uh, basically, the electricity rates we pay right now are largely dictated by the Public Utilities Commission, not the free market. So um, the rates are not subject to pressure from competition in any way, and you, it's hard to take advantage of new technologies because there is not an open market. So that's what that question deals with. Then you have question four. This is the last question that is a statewide question. Uh, Shall Article 10 of the Nevada Constitution be amended to require the legislature to provide by law for the exemption of durable medical equipment, oxygen delivery equipment, and mobility-enhancing equipment prescribed for use by a licensed healthcare provider from any tax upon the sale, storage, use, or consumption of tangible personal property? Okay, so it's saying uh, if someone is sold a wheelchair or an oxygen dispensing device or various medical equipment that we are going to make that equipment tax exempt. Now, remember there, uh, it sounds like something that would be nice to do. You know, we'll make this stuff tax exempt. If we take that revenue out of the budget at some point, then the state will find a way to remake that revenue. So we will end up paying that tax somewhere else. So it's basically, do you want to, the question is essentially, do you want to be paying a tax on this equipment when you purchase it and when you need it? Or would you rather be paying taxes in some other way? That's basically what that one is. Then there's the Clark County question. This one would be specific only to those of you living in Clark County has to do with fuel revenue indexing. Shall Clark County continue indexing fuel taxes to the rate of inflation through December 31st, 2026, the proceeds of which will be used solely for the purpose of improving public safety for roadway users and reducing traffic congestion by constructing and maintaining streets and highways in Clark County? So this one is literally a tax question. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, So... I'm just going to make this one really brief because it's the last one. I'm out of time. But if passed, this question would 
arguably, this is uh, from the voter's guide, if passed, this question could arguably result in one of the largest local tax increases generating $3 billion in bonding capacity over the next 10 years. This tax is a new source of revenue, which cannot be used for any other purpose, even though traditional sources of revenue for highway construction will continue to be an option. So what this would do, the gas tax started at 52 cents a gallon in 2014. If this measure passes, if you vote yes, that could mean 10 separate tax increases and tax on gas could go up another 46 cents through July of 2026. So that's what that question is. Would you like to pay more in gas taxes for the improvement of roads? And those arguing for its passage are saying, well, you're paying more on your cars if the roads aren't good. So it's really a wash, but it's really... I, again, I don't have time to debate the merits of these things. Uh, I'm just trying to give you a general overview so that when you walk into the voting booth, you have a general idea of what's going on. Again, you should have received an official sample ballot. It explains these questions. There's arguments for and against. It's very good. It's very balanced. A booklet. It will also tell you everyone that will be on your ballot. It will show you exactly who is going to appear on your ballot so that you can look them up. And again, if you need any help finding out where the candidates stand that are on your ballot, let me know. I would be happy to help you uh, figure out what it is that that you might need help learning about each of these candidates. All right. That was a very, very fast rundown of everybody that's on the ballot. I apologize again if you have any questions. If you think, hey, please do that again, we can do that again. Uh, We probably will closer to Election Day itself. This is just to help those of you who may be going out to vote early, and I would encourage you get out, vote early. It is important that you do so. We are literally setting records in Nevada right now for early voting. So take part, be part of the record setting trend. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with uh, Captain Richard Fletcher of the Northwest Metropolitan Police Department. Stay with us. This is Michael W. Smith with You Won't Let Go. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show. This is KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. Our good friend Captain Fletcher from the Northwest Area Command is in the house. How are you, Captain Fletcher? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, too. I'm glad that everything is great in both of our worlds. All right, so this interview's over. So it's over. All right, have a good day. Thank you for coming. You betcha. <laughs> all right, let's talk about real stuff, I guess, since, uh, since our niceties took all of, like, two seconds. Usually with guests, I can get a little bit longer of an intro than that. Well, I have some trivia for you if you like. Okay, let's do trivia. Go for How it. many people live in my area command? How many people live in your area command? All right, what is your... Give me the boundaries. So Northwest Area Command goes everything north of Charleston, okay. west of 95, all the way out to Creech Air Force Base to include Mount Charleston. Okay. Remind me the population of Vegas total. About two million. Two million. I'm gonna say six hundred thousand. Mm. Three hundred forty-one thousand. I'm so wrong. You know, if we were a country, we'd be the size of Iceland. Really? Population-wise, that's <laughs> see. You just learned something. Today. I did. If that's we were fantastic. a country based on the ninety-eight square miles that I have, we'd be the hundred eighty-fourth largest country in the world. What are there? One hundred and eighty-three countries in the world. One hundred ninety-four, right I think. Okay. <laughs> awesome. No, that's good. That's I never thought to ask questions like that, but that's very See, interesting. Now, actually. when you go home, to you like, wow. So, demographic-wise, what's happening in Northwest? Well, you know, we are a big area command. Yeah. Uh, seriously, picture Henderson. We're bigger than them. Yeah. 
Uh, I have about 108 uniformed officers. If you do the math, that comes out to about 0.4 officer per thousand. Wow. With that data, your listeners should know that we're one of the safest area commands in the valley. Yeah. We are down almost 9% in property crimes. Mm -hmm. We've seen a slight increase in violent crimes, about a percent. Mm-hmm. Um, but bec- we have a couple series going on that we've already made arrests on. So hopefully those numbers will drop back down. Sure. Well, I think that Pastor Matt lives in your area command, so that probably affects your crime rate significantly. Significantly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so is it is it mostly an older population, though, or is it pretty diverse? It's diverse. Uh, obviously, we have Summerlin, and up in there we have Sun City, which okay. is age-restricted. Uh, we are seeing a lot of apartment complexes being built. Mm-hmm. Uh, the demographic-wise is probably obviously one of the richer parts of town. Sure. Uh, one that has a lot of politicians living in it, which causes, you know, a great and fun concern at times because <laughs> sure. everyone knows everybody. Right. Uh, but I'll tell you this. At Northwest Area Command, we really focus a lot not only on enforcement but also community policing. Mm-hmm. And I, my theory is that... Uh, community policing keeps our numbers down and we're very good at it yeah yeah no you guys are another thing you're really good at is engagement with the faith-based community absolutely liberty we've done a number of different uh, programs and events with you guys so i wanted to start there and just ask you to talk a little bit about that the importance of uh, faith-based groups and even just any community organization working with the police department so we know that the cops can't arrest their way out of problems sure we can't fix a community by arresting everyone mm-hmm. because now we're talking about where we're going to put people, how yeah. we're going to pay for it. Then you run out of taxpayers to pay for them. You run out of de- <laughs> That's a good thing. Good point. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, uh, I'm in church every Sunday myself. And when I got promoted to captain, I'm like, how can I get faith-based groups involved? Sure. Um, and so we started a program that your church is already involved in where we introduce you to apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that historically has been violent. Yeah. And you go in there and you provide some basic services, whether it's lunch for the kids during the summertime, Mm -hmm. could be diapers or formula for a mother, bus pass for a gentleman to get to work. I feel that if those basic needs are met, crime's going to go down, and they have. Yeah. And so we took that. Now, remember, your church was the first one to get involved with that. Mm -hmm. So we reached out to other churches. Mm -hmm. And now, just recently, we reached out to other faiths. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, do you want to play? And... Uh, so we have about six up and running now throughout the area That's command. That's fantastic. And I just briefed this out to executive staff the other day, and they want me to brief it out even more. Awesome. Uh, it is awesome because, let's face it, if I can get your church or a church or a group into an apartment complex to help them, yeah. that's less calls for my officers. Right. That means that I can spend more time doing community policing. Yeah. So it's a win-win for everyone. Churches are mandated to help the needy, help the yep. poor. Uh, in in return, the apartment complex gets a safer environment with sure. higher occupancy rates. And it's usually, it's not an apartment that's like 50 miles away, obviously. It's one, like for us, the one ones we work with are literally right around the corner. That's what we look for. We yep. want to make it super easy for everybody. And once that introduction is made between the organizations, the churches, and the apartment managers... Metro kind of takes a step back, mm-hmm. and we just kind of oversee it, nudge a little bit, um, provide resources for your events that you put out there. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a win-win because we all know that, um, you know, we'd like to see more people sitting in the church. 
Mm-hmm. And this is a good way to introduce that into that community. Right, right. But in reality, uh, you've heard me say before, there's people out there that need our help. Yes. And this is one way that we came up with to reach those people. Yeah, it's a, it's a great outreach that you guys do. And it's a, it's it's really very powerful, I think, in the community, too, to just make that connection and, and build bridges because it's so often we're stagnated and, you know, we've got this group over here doing their thing and then they're over there doing their thing and nothing really connects. So if there is another church or another faith-based group or, or anybody that wants to connect with something like that, would they just reach out to the Northwest Area Command? They would reach out to me in particular. Okay. This is one thing that I really keep my thumb on and only because I wanted to see it succeed. Sure. I wanted to reach its its capability mm-hmm. to the max. So have them call me. Uh, we'll sit down with them, look at different apartment complexes near them. And really, it doesn't have to be a church. It sure. could be a charity group. Mm-hmm. It could be an organization. It could be a club. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they have to be approved through Metro. Right. Uh, but we'll make that contact, and all we ask in return is that you adopt that apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And when we have problems or or we want to have events or you want to have events, uh, we're going to be there for each other. Yeah, and if, if we here at Liberty could get approved, probably most people can. I'm I didn't want to go down that road, but well, okay. I'm just saying. I'm thinking it's probably true. So uh, one of the things that we did with, uh, with you guys recently at one of these apartment complexes was give out backpacks for uh, back to school and obviously most of the kids are back to school now unless maybe they're homeschooled or something but pretty much everyone is back in school we've got the buses running again we've got crazy people i almost hit someone yesterday this guy was on his phone it was dark he just there's no crosswalk no nothing and he just jumps out in front of me i was like oh you almost died and i almost felt really bad i've investigated a lot of accidents when i was in traffic and i hear that a lot from people like i don't know what happened he just jumped in front of me so what car do you drive (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Not on the radio. <laughs> no, but uh, but that said, uh, obviously with, with him, he was, I'm guessing he was probably 50 years old on his phone looking down, just not paying attention. But, uh, you know, I think it's in, with all the kids going back to school, now we have kids walking around looking down, looking at their phones, and maybe they're not paying attention. What can we do as drivers, um, just as a general public, to, to be more aware of that and and avoid these incidents whenever possible yeah great great uh question i would say first don't get offended if somebody jumps in front of you it's not personal (laughs) we we see it all the time you know they they start drivers start hitting their their steering wheel they roll down the window and they say something they shouldn't no i hit the brakes because i really don't want to kill anyone well that's That's, true i mean that's my main thing well i appreciate you doing that maybe i should start off by saying (laughs) hit the brakes or it's okay i'm just i'm just messing with you you know people get offended when a little kid jumps in front of them or a car cuts them off and i think that's wrong because Mm. they take it personal yeah Uh, i tell my officers and i'll tell your listeners those little kids are like missiles Mm. they just come flying out of nowhere yeah um, so really, it's about you stay off your own phone mm-hmm. unless you have a Bluetooth. I still don't recommend that. Uh, my GPS system will notify me when I'm in a school zone. Oh. It, it dings a little bit. Uh, but it's really about just keeping your, your head up and looking down road. A lot of people, when they drive, they, look, they like to look right in front of their hood mm. as they're driving. Mm-hmm. That's not where the danger is. Right. The danger is 100, 200 yards away. That's where they should be looking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for newer drivers, especially younger people, you know, keep that stereo system low. Sure. Uh, because if it's too loud, you're not going to be here screeching tires, honking horns, or somebody screaming. Right. Uh, but we've all seen those little kids just dart out there, and, and they're quick. 
Yeah. So, but thank you for reminding me to hit your brakes first, and <laughs> then don't become offended. <laughs> well, the it's reason like, I say that is because we get mad and we start doing stupid things. Sure. Hit the gas. We make an abrupt lane change because somebody cut us off, mm-hmm. and now we cause an accident. Now there's more stupid happening because we're being right. stupid. Sure. It's like uh, you said, watching driving down the road. I don't know if I can relate this to people that grew up here in Las Vegas, but coming from Pennsylvania and probably where you are as well, growing up, it was always watch for the deer. They're, you're, if you look and if you're paying attention, you can usually see them down yes. the road. Yes. They're not going to... They are going to jump out right in front of you, but if you're paying attention, you know that they're there. So if they do jump, you're ready for it. Right. And, you know, I hear that a lot from people that come from the bigger cities of back east or even southern California where traffic is so congested. Mm. They don't have a chance to pick up the speeds like we do here. Yeah. But most of our, you know, we're averaging 30 mile an hour on most streets up to 45. Mm -hmm. uh, And they're straight and they're flat. Yes. And people pick up the speed. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say this, based, again, seriously, on my experience, speed kills. Yeah. It really does. And it's easy. If you're not paying attention, it is very easy to just get going because, like you said, it's flat. And if there's not a stoplight or a stop sign, it's if you're not paying attention, it's easy to just get, get moving. Right. And then you think about the delay time of you seeing something bad. Right. To you registering it in your mind, to your foot actually hitting the brake. Mm-hmm. You're already through an intersection. Mm-hmm. You're already down the road a couple hundred feet before you even start applying the brake. Right. So, you know, people forget about that. Can we talk about how much I hate mopeds driving in the fast lane? You know, there's a lot of... <laughs> yes, we can, Crystal. I, I didn't know I was a therapist, but yes. Yeah, so <laughs> it's frustrating. No, it just cracks me up. They it does. Because, up. You know, there's actually a law in the books that you can't go 10 miles an hour below the speed limit. Yes. It's a safety factor. Yes. My wife gets mad when I'm on the freeway driving in the fast lane and somebody's doing like 50. I'm like, it's 65 people. Yeah. It's very dangerous. Right. And for if your listeners have mopeds, first thing I'd say is get a helmet. Yes. Uh, there's some debate and the moped law is very clear about when you need a, a helmet and insurance license and when you don't. But just remember this, any motorized vehicle on the roadway you have to be a licensed driver. I was about to say, please tell me there's not, you can't just take a moped out on the street without a license. Any motorized vehicle, okay. you have to have a license. All right. So if I put a, a motor on my bicycle, I have to have a license. Absolutely. Remember, well, I don't know, you're kind of young. A couple of years ago, they had, people were putting little motors on a skateboard. Yep. Yep. Listen to me. Any motorized vehicle <laughs> on the roadway, you need to have a driver's license. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll move on from my moped. I mean, the next thing we could talk about is how frustrating it is when the garbage trucks decide to line up one, two, three all across the way and then all go 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. That's just a blessing on my morning commute. But I, I won't go there. We'll just Do you remember what wrong. I said earlier about the first thing you should do? <laughs> Don't get offended. <laughs> it's not about you. It's, it's, you know, I would be more inclined to believe that if they weren't always at the right spot at the wrong time, but whatever. Um all right. Let's talk about uh, we have the holiday season is coming up. We go to Halloween and then Thanksgiving, Christmas. People are starting shopping. People are candy kids. Let's well, let's, we'll start with Halloween. Was, I don't even know if I was here for Halloween last year. I'm not familiar with how Halloween works in Las Vegas. So would you enlighten me? Is there like one day kids go out or is this a thing they all go out on Halloween? Did you have Halloween in Pennsylvania? We did, but it varied from neighborhood to neighborhood. So most kids will come out when it's dark. 
that's usually the the shotgun start, if you will. <laughs> I meant like, are they coming out on the thirty first, or is there a specific day? No, they come out on the thirty first. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yes, in Pennsylvania, it was like, okay, we're all going to trick or treat the Friday before, or no. the Saturday before. It was all random. Uh, here and where I grew up, it was always on that holiday or that day, I should say. Okay, so they're coming out on the thirty first. I mean. Personally, I don't open my door ever if I don't know you. So, is there have you ever had issues with people having problems on Halloween with people coming to their door? And how do people protect themselves from that? Well, think about this. Um, if you open your door to complete strangers wearing costumes and you can't see their faces, <laughs> I'll let you deduct from that. Uh, what a lot of people do, and if you think about it, it's a great community. They'll sit outside on their porch. Sure. Uh, the kids come up, trick or treat. They'll say their business. They give them some candy. Leave. You say hi to the parents. Yeah. If you open your door all the time, now people are see what they have, what you have inside your house. That's uh, a good point. You're just point. setting yourself up. So obviously, uh, your lights need to be on. Uh, a lot of people think, well, I'll just turn all my lights off so the kids won't knock on my door. Hmm. That's kind of a sign to criminals. Hey, there might not be anybody home. There's nobody there. Sure. Hmm. So either get a dog before Halloween or leave your lights on? No. no? Get a bag of candy and oh, okay. interact with the All community. All right. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I got <laughs> lost. The Another good option, um, I'm trying to actually find ours right now. Here we go. So our church on, well, my phone is loading because the internet out here is not is not fantastic. But it's no, it's great. Mr. L, you've done a fantastic job with our internet. Uh, so on the 31st, we're actually having a trunk or treat here at Liberty. So people can come in with their kids. It's a safe environment. It's a public environment. They can go around and get candy from people that we know that are church members that aren't, you know, putting razor blades in apples. So much like safer. Yeah. So much. Uh, because, you, like you just said, you have a secured environment. You don't have to worry about kids who we mentioned earlier, like little missiles. And now sure. they have restricted vision because of masks or costumes mm-hmm. running out in the street. Yeah. Here or at any other organization where you have that safe environment, they can just be kids. Right. And parents can kind of relax just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to take your kid out, make sure they have some type of light, fluorescent light, the neon light, or just be with them. Yeah. You know, don't say, hey, I'll meet you down at the end of the block. It should be house to house to house. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right. Next question then. This is one I've always wondered about, especially now that I, I live in a city. So people are starting their Christmas shopping. They're getting mailed stuff that's you know potentially just sitting outside their door all day long. Is there a good solution to this? Or I mean, as, I mean, my neighbor, I could just walk up and take their package, and if they don't have a camera, they don't know that I was there, that I took it, that I left, nothing. So there are some things. Um, you know, I'll talk about what law enforcement is doing. I wouldn't be stealing any packages this season because <laughs> you never know exactly. Yeah, I wasn't advising that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say uh, you don't know which package has been put out there by law enforcement. That's all I'm saying. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we're fighting back on that one. We've hmm. had enough. Um, there are some options for your listeners. Uh, they can tell their neighbors, a trusted neighbor. Mm-hmm. They can actually contact these delivery companies and cancel delivery and then go down and pick it up themselves okay or they can try to arrange uh, a drop-off time so they know they're home mm-hmm. um, but i worry about that too i have packages delivered yeah and uh, of course i have cameras on my house uh, so i can see uh, but we've seen thieves take boxes with cameras on the house right so it's really up to you if you know you're getting you're going to get a high-end item 
mm-hmm. I would arrange for pickup at the delivery place. Yeah. I know some people, too, will just have it shipped. Instead of shipping it to their house, they'll ship it to their workplace so that it's sitting there, so that it's If your work allows that. Does Pastor Matt allow that? He does allow that. That's okay. very nice. Yeah, I ship all my stuff comes here. Nothing goes to my house. Unless I know it's going to come through the post office and go into my box, it's not going to my house. All right. So I like it. That's what I do. All right, I had one other question for you. It was asked me the other day, and I, I don't remember. So um, with with back to school, school safety, shootings, all this garbage that's happening in the world today, uh, I had a question about concealed carry permits in Nevada and what the rules are for carrying concealed. So would you explain that? I know you've explained it before, but just as a refresher. So not sure of your awareness, but concealed means it's hidden. Right. Okay, Just so kidding. come on. Um, <laughs> so, well, you didn't know about you're, Halloween. You're full of jokes today. <laughs> you didn't know about Halloween. So the concealed uh, carry um, is ov- obviously legal yeah. if you are certified. Uh, what we see though is a lot of people will take a four-hour class mm-hmm. and then they think they're experts. Sure. And we go to a lot of shooting calls where the gun owner accidentally shot himself. Because oh. they like to play John Wayne. They're not comfortable Probably with in it. their house, too. In their house. They shoot nice. their TV hmm. all the time. But here's the rules. If you're going to carry concealed, you have to have a permit. Right. It has to be on you. My recommendation is that if you get stopped by the police, you should do what these classes tell you to do. Yeah. Put your hands up on the steering wheel and let the officer know that you are a concealed carry. And then ask that officer, what do you want me to do? Yeah. The last thing I need is some law-abiding citizen reaching into his pocket to pull out a gun to show me he's got a concealed weapon. Right. Uh, I would ask that your listeners just ask the officer, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Now, remember, there are some businesses that will not allow yeah. concealed weapon. That is their right as well. Mm-hmm. So now you, as a carrier, have an option of going to that business or not. Mm-hmm. But it, it will never go in your favor if you try to bring a concealed weapon into a business that does not allow sure. it, and then you're sure. caught. Yeah. It, look, it's not a crime. We're going to ask you to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people get offended, and we try to tell them, hey, you have a right, and they have a right. Yeah. So, you know, there's some places that doesn't allow me to carry my guns. Mm. So I just avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and that's... Yeah, our culture, we get so offended so easily about so many things. Right. It's it's amazing that we can't just look past it, move on, find something else. There's Go no reason. Else. There's no reason for you no. to be upset or offended. Just do something else. Okay, so it's a is it the requirement then is simply the class? You have to pass a class. Mm-hmm. Usually those are done at the gun stores. Okay. It's a very simple qualification. Where we see a lot of people getting mad is that they come down to Metro to submit their paperwork. Mhm. And then it takes about three or four months. <laughs> now, listen, we have no control over that. That all sure. goes to ATF. Mm. No control. And, and the poor people working out at headquarters are getting bombarded with complaints. We have no control. That's interesting. So it's going to take a while. Yeah. But I'll say this. Just because you have a permit to carry doesn't make you an expert. Right. You still have to train. You right. still have to go through all your gun safety rules. And, you know, remember, that concealed weapon is not to go in and stop a bank robbery. Okay, it's not to get involved in a massive shootout. It's to protect you and your loved ones. Right. And the, that gun should stay concealed 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the robber should be surprised when you pull it out. Right. But we see guys all the time always patting their guns and playing with them and fiddling with them when they don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. And does Nevada, does, do we have a recycle? Uh, do we have a reciprocal agreement with Oh, any? you almost said it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do with some states, and I can forward you that information for your listeners. Okay. Some states I don't. know it's not Pennsylvania because I had a permit in Pennsylvania. And Good for you. It doesn't, doesn't carry here, but yeah. But just remember, like, uh, you know, some guys or girls might want to carry the bigger guns with extended clips. Mm. Uh, whether you're concealed or not, you take that down to California, and that's against the law. Right. So you have to also know the gun laws, too. Right. Well, and, and different states have different rules as far as driving through with, with right. firearms or not driving through with firearms as a whole. Yes, because I drove across the country. That was that was fun. But Well, I'll tell you this. Most cops are not going to give you a hard time. Yeah. Especially if you get stopped. You go, look, I'm moving. There's a gun in the back, mm-hmm. locked up. Nobody's going to care. Yep, that was that was my plan. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked out. I didn't get pulled over, so that worked even better. Um, all right, I didn't have any other questions. Did you have anything else you wanted to discuss? I do, actually. All you right. mentioned the holiday season's coming up. Yes. Um, I'll start off with my theme today, Don't Get Offended. Yes, it's a great theme. Uh, yes, especially when you think you're getting a deal and you're not. But seriously, <laughs> what we see is everyone starts to get in the holiday spirit, which yep. we like. They go shopping. They go hang out with family members or friends. They throw packages in their car. Oh. And then they go have lunch. Sure. Or they go see Aunt Mary or whatever. Yep. And now we have auto burglaries. Yes. Uh, let's not do that. But if you don't, if you're not going home directly after shopping, those packages should go in the trunk. So. What if you have, like, a hatchback or, like, I have an SUV? So there's no, I, mean, I can put it in the trunk, but nothing's covering it. Then what? Good luck. Good is luck. that what that face is? That's good a good luck, luck face. <laughs> but but we all we all think it's not going to happen to us. Yeah. But it does. Yeah. Uh, and and during the holiday season, sometimes we carry more cash on us. Mm. So you have to be careful walking out of a bank, counting your cash. Sure. Or walking away from the ATM machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's talk about ATM machines if I can. Yeah. Uh, recently, we've had a rash of robberies. Um, young um, kids, basically mm-hmm. teenagers, robbing people at an ATM. If you're driving up to an ATM and there's people standing around, leave. Hmm. Go the next one because it's not worth it. Yeah. So keep an eye on your cash. Don't count it out in public. And then if you do put packages in your car, go home. Yeah. And go meet somebody for lunch somewhere else. It happens every year, though. Sad stories. We hear it at my whole family's Christmas gifts were in the car. And now we have nothing. That's so. And and there's really nothing you can do at that point. I mean, you can. Yeah. That's just. I mean. Yeah, unless they bought a high-end item that has a serial number, great. Mm, mm-hmm. But that's not usually the case. Right. It's toys, clothes, knickknacks. Right. It's frustrating. So as long as we're talking Christmas shopping, I'll throw one more out there. Black Friday. Where Where is the best place to go for Black Friday? I'm assuming that you know this. <laughs> well, Mount Charleston's a great place. Mount Charleston, you know, okay. Red Rock. Right. <laughs> Valley I meant, of Fire. Uh, I meant to shop. <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest with you. I I have done one Black Friday with my family, and I'll never do it again. Mm. That's usually a day that um, Christmas decorations go up. Mm. Um, Wait, wait, your tree's not up already? No, no. In my household, not before Thanksgiving. That is is sad. No, it's correct. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to look at the culture of Pennsylvania. (laughs) 
No, um, it's the same. It's the now same. I, I we have, don't put up a tree until the day after Thanksgiving either. I was just. Kidding. I have been to one particular store once at five o'clock in the morning, but uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I'm an early bird, so I was first yeah. in line, got out, yeah, got what I wanted. But look, it's an American uh, iconic event. Mm-hmm. I'll go back to what I say. Don't get offended when somebody cuts you off in the register line. They take the last gift off the shelf. You know, you have a thousand people buying for five TVs. Yep. If you're not one of the five, don't worry about it. Right. There'll, there'll be another deal soon. Yeah, and uh, oftentimes now, there we're, we're seeing that there's better deals after Black Friday than even on Black Friday sometimes. So yeah, absolutely. Just gotta... You know, you go on, and I I like to shop locally. Mm-hmm. I really do, but you can get good deals online too. Yeah. Do you know the history of Black Friday, why it began? No. Would you, like I, would me you to tell me? You? I would love oh, to tell that's you. Okay, awesome. so here's what happened. Thanksgiving night, about 30 years ago, there was a baby born, and the whole world was like, this child is awesome. We need to be able to buy it gifts. And so I don't know what fairy god person decided this, but they decided, well, we'll have Black Friday so there's discounts so everyone can buy presents for this child. And that child was, of course, me. So really... It's thanks to me that you all get these great deals on Black Friday. And what you're supposed to do with those deals is buy something for Crystal. See, now you Uh, know. Now you know. Can I go now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can. We're actually out of time anyway. Thank you for being here, Captain Fletcher. Always a pleasure. This is 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas.